I appreciate all the good ministry that Brother Dave Vaughn has been doing on Friday. Don't you? And, and uh, a lot of good things. A lot of good things. Uh, boy, they, uh, they've seen the Lord work in their lives like, like everybody that walks with them and trusts them. Miracles and testimonies galore. Hallelujah. And so uh, you can always follow somebody when you see their faith working in, in their life, right? I was quickened about this, uh, the thoughts in this passage, John fourteen sixteen, and um, wanted to uh, go into this, and I had, I had a, a neat little four-point message <laughs> that I thought might just work real good for, for one evening, but uh, I got my wondering about that now, so... You're believing with me, though. We, we prayed. And we, we want to get it right. And the great thing about being in your own church family is uh, you don't have to do everything always by a certain time. You can just keep going. I mean, most folks are planning on uh, coming back. Right? Uh, in uh, John 14, 16, if you notice this, Jesus said, these are his words, the Master. He said, I will pray the Father. And he will give you another comforter. Now, when he said another, he was the first. And he's saying another of the same kind as me. That he may abide with you forever. Keep going. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not. Now, uh, this is something we need to remind ourselves. The unbeliever not only doesn't see what you see, they can't. They cannot. Unless and until they choose to believe. Are you with me? Yes. How many believe what Jesus said about this? When you talk about the Holy Spirit, well, that's, that's everything to do with us and the church. Everything. And so if a person, a man or woman, cannot perceive the Holy Spirit, don't know Him, don't know anything about Him, can't even see Him. Or perceive him. Now, now we know we can't see the Holy Spirit with our natural eyes, but it's talking about be aware of him and, and any of anything he's saying or doing. The unbelieving world is oblivious to the reality of the Spirit of the Living God. So don't be offended, don't take it to heart when people talk like what we're doing and saying is just fantasy or whatever, they don't see it. They can't see it. No matter how much you try to explain it to them, it wouldn't matter who was teaching and preaching to them unless and until they make the choice to believe. Their eyes, they have closed. And their ears, they have closed. Lest they should see and hear and understand with their heart, the prophet said. 
But you know him. Oh, hallelujah. You know him. The unbelievers thinks it's fantasy. But he's real. And we know him. Somebody say, I know him. I, I know him. You know him for he dwells with you. Now that was at the time he was with them. They saw the spirit working in the healings and the deliverances and the anointing on Jesus to teach and preach and work miracles. I mean the dead raised. But he wasn't in them yet because the the new birth wasn't available. But he said he dwells with you and he shall be in you, and that is the glorious reality of every truly born again child of God. He is not only with us, He is in us. Somebody say, He is in me. The Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, the Great Comforter lives in me. Oh, hallelujah. He, he dwells in me. He, he has taken up his residency <laughs> inside me. Woo. Verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. And here he says, I won't leave you comfortless. Listen to the Amplified along this line. In verse 16, Amplified, he said, I'll ask the Father. He'll give you another comforter. And then the Amplified puts in parenthesis the meanings of this Greek word. And it is accurate and good. Counselor, well, is that comfort? Helper is that comfort. Intercessor, advocate, strengthener, stand by. When you need any of that and he gives that to you, did that comfort you? Did that help you? He's also called the helper. This word can be translated helper. That he may remain with you forever. Verse 18, I will not, this is the Amplified, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. The NIV, the reading version says, I will not leave you like children who don't have parents. Well, what would that be? That would be alone. I won't leave you Alone. That was their fear, was that Jesus was leaving and he had so transformed their lives until they could not imagine going back to a life without him. And that's why they kept saying, no, 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 we will go with you, we will die with you, but no, don't leave us. And Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm sending you. Another comforter, helper, so you won't be alone. You won't be without help. You won't be without counsel. 
You won't be without strength. You won't be alone. Because he'll be with you. And he'll never leave you. He'll be with you forever. (laughs) Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Today's English version says it like this. He said, I'll ask the Father. He'll give you another helper who will stay with you forever. Say that loud. I have a helper who will stay with me forever. He said, when I go, you, verse 18, you will not be left alone. You won't be left alone. The greatest need of every unbeliever on the planet is to receive Jesus. Nothing else even comes close. You can gain the whole world, lose your own soul, and what have you done? Ultimately, you've lost everything and gained nothing. So, nothing compares with the need of the unbeliever to receive the heavenly gift, Jesus, and be born again and receive what he's done for us. Where the believer is concerned, there's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Once you have received Jesus and you've been born again, the Spirit is in you, but there is the added dimension of the Spirit upon you. And the believer, more than anything else in the world, Did you hear that phrase? More than anything else in life, the believer needs to receive and yield to and follow the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Hmm? When the Lord gave them and us the uh, Great Commission in Luke 24, 49, if you'll put that on the screen for us. And if you want to, you can, you can be heading over to Acts chapter 1. Head over to Acts chapter 1. I'll read this to you. You can see it on the screen. Then we'll go from one to the other. Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Well, we know who that is. That's the Holy Spirit he was talking about. Uh, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, if you put this together with Mark and with Matthew, you'll see that this this is connected to the Great Commission. Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every creature. And then he turns around and says, but wait. (laughs) Did you hear this? He said, now this is the main mission of the church of every believer. Go. Everybody say go. Go. This is a directive. Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every created being. And then he says, but wait. Before you do. For what? Wait until you be endued with power from on high. Wait. Until you have received the fullness of the Spirit and you're yielding to Him and working with Him. Don't go it alone. 
Don't go it alone. Huh? Look at your neighbor. Help them out. Say, don't go it alone. Don't go it alone. (laughs) Don't. Don't leave home without him. (laughs) Even if it's to fulfill the great commission, the Lord says, "But, but, but wait until this happens before you go. Now in Acts, the first chapter, Acts 1 and 4, being assembled together with them, the Lord commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but what? Wait. Now that word tarry that we looked in in Luke, it literally means sit down. (laughs) Sit down. You could also translate it settle down. Sit down. Settle down until you got him on you, empowering you. You got him directing you. You got him leading you, guiding you. You got him manifesting in your life. Do you think we need to to heed that counsel? Sit down. Is that right? Yes. Sit down. Settle down until you you get his part of this. Because he has a part. He's supposed to have a part and a big part in everything the believer says and does. We've got too many believers going in alone. Too many believers getting all worked up and hitting it. Huh? Only to be frustrated, irritated, less than successful. Saying, I'm I'm doing everything I know how. Yeah, but honey, you don't know enough. I'm doing everything I can do. Yeah, but you by yourself are not enough. And you won't be. I don't care who you are. If you were, the Lord wouldn't have given us. The helper. And the fact that he gave us the God, the Holy Spirit as helper shows what kind of help we need. (laughs) What level of help. (laughs) We needed the kind of help only God, the Holy Spirit, could give (laughs) That's big help. That's serious help. But the Holy Spirit is not like an evil spirit. Evil spirits are manipulators. Evil spirits endeavor to force, make you. But the Holy Spirit, He's in you. He knows everything. He's ready to help you. If, everybody say if, if you'll look to him, he's ready to lead you, if you'll follow him, he's ready to commune with you, if you'll take the time and turn other stuff off and pay attention to him, if, but if you don't, 
He'll be inside you while you run off the, out, out of the road into the ditch, while you wreck. <laughs> Did he know you shouldn't have done that? Yeah. Why didn't he tell you? That's the wrong question. Why didn't you ask? Why didn't God keep me from doing that? I already told you. He's not an evil spirit. He's not a controlling spirit. I've heard people say, well, I wish the Holy Ghost would just take me over and just control me. He's not a demon. That's never going to happen. We have to yield ourselves. We have to look to Him. We have to ask. We have to inquire of the Lord. We have to wait and get quiet. We have to pray. Huh? Can you see some reasons why a lot of people are not experiencing the help that's available? And all of us have, uh, have missed out on some help that we should have had. Have you ever heard people say, well, I've done everything in the world I know to do. All I know to do now is pray. <laughs> Has it come to that? <laughs> but how many agree you should pray first? Right? Go to Him first. Hear from Him first. Then follow His leading. Follow His direction. He said, uh, wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Verse 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Can you see? He's not talking about being born again here, is he? He's not talking about the new birth. He's talking about being a living witness of God and of Christ in your life. Now this is the, the first chapter of Acts. Have you ever read the book of Acts? Well, the Lord said, you know, here's the commission, but, 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 don't go, don't go, wait, sit down, settle down until, until he comes on you and you are working with him. And in Acts 2, that's when it happened. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 2, if you'd look, Acts 2 and 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's what they were waiting on. Not for them to be perfected to where they deserved it. The blood of the Lamb did that. Amen. What are they waiting on? This had been prophesied centuries and centuries before by the Lord's prophets and His people. And it had been portrayed in the feast of Pentecost that his people observe. Don't neglect your Old Testament. There are beautiful pictures, graphic pictures of spiritual reality and even many things that have not yet come to pass. Don't neglect your Old Testament. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, 
They were all with one accord in one place doing what? Sitting down. Is that right? Waiting like the Lord told them. And in verse 2, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it, this rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues. Now everybody say tongues. Tongues. You will find something that is inseparable. From the Holy Spirit. Tongues. Hmm? Now I know that, you know, people have different ideas about this, and that's one reason we're talking about it tonight. Because the Holy Spirit, the endowment, the empowerment, and the utterance in other tongues, and the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit, is for every believer. Every believer, every believer, don't believe anything different now. Every believer, every believer. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. We, you got to watch about, you know, being amazed by the wind and the fire, but don't forget what it graphically portrayed. A tongue of fire. And what's the next thing that happened? Something happened to their tongues. Huh? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now this is something that much of the church has decided was just a special sign in the beginning days of the church. And some people try to explain it away and say, well, when it says uh, tongues, it's talking about they they, they quit cussing and quit using bad language, and now they're, they're using a more righteous tongue and language. No, no, that's it's obvious from reading these passages that's not what it's talking about. They, the believe, they're believers now. Jesus has gone to the cross. He's paid the price. He's uh, been raised from the dead. He, they, they, they are aware of that. They believe that. He breathed on them. Remember that? And said, receive the Holy Ghost. Well, what happened to them? They got born again. Well, that was way before this. Now this happens. What's this about? Well, he told them, you'll be endued with power. This is not for being born again. This is not for being saved. This is power for wit- to be a witness in life. This is power for life. Can you say amen? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Now, one of the big things, I, I struggled with this as a young man. My grandmother uh, was a big part of the local Pentecostal church where uh, we grew up in the south. And she took my brother and I there as little boys. And they believed in speaking in tongues. Now, they they believed, you know, basically you kind of had to get into a a spiritual uh, 
place where you were kind of taken over to speak in tongues, and so they didn't always do it, and and so we tarried to receive. And I, I believed it. My, my grandmother spoke in tongues, and I knew she was the real deal. Uh, it's very interesting because back in the um, 30s, in the deep south, herself and uh, some other believers from the church and Choctaw uh, Indian folks and uh, uh, dark-skinned people from other groups begin to gather outside. And this just was not done in the deep south in the 30s. And they all got hungry for God and got to praying and seeking God. And she then the next day got filled with the Spirit in the cotton field. Picking cotton. My grandmother began talking in tongues. Whew. So they had a real experience with God. And I knew her, and I knew this was no fake phony stuff here. This was the real thing. And so I sought it and desired it. But I, for some reason, I say some reason, I know the reason now, did not receive. Because I was adamant that I didn't want it to be me. I wanted the real experience. And that may sound like a good idea, but I was confused. I wasn't think wasn't thinking right. Look at look at this verse again, Acts. He said, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Who was filled with the Spirit? And began to speak with other tongues. Who began to speak with other tongues? Who? The Holy Spirit. No. No. Who? The ones that got filled. They's the understood subject. Who got filled? Not the Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit need to get filled with the Holy Spirit? No. Who got filled? They got filled. Who began to speak? They began to speak. And that's the part I didn't get for years. I sought. I prayed. I begged. And being Pentecostal in that group, you know, uh, they, they kept thinking, well, maybe it's your dress code. And I had a mustache back then. They said, well, maybe you shave that off. I shaved it off. And I still didn't get filled. Well, maybe if you do this. So I tried that. Didn't I mean, I, over the period, I, we're talking about years as a young man. And um, I, I never spoke in tongues. I had some experiences with God. And that's why some people think, well, you know, you can be filled with the Spirit, but not everybody gets the gift of tongues. That's partly right, but mostly wrong. There are different kinds of tongues. Have you read in 1 Corinthians 12? That there are a diversity of tongues. There are different kinds of tongues. And when the scripture says, do all speak with tongues, in that passage, the answer is no. In fact, let's just go over that right now while we're talking about it. 1 Corinthians 12. Y'all okay? Yes. How many think this is worth looking at and talking about? The last part of 1 Corinthians 12. What does every unbeliever in the world, the greatest need of their life is to, to receive what and who? Jesus. Nothing else even comes close. 
receive Jesus. What if you're a believer, you've already received Jesus? What is the biggest need in your life now? Well, according to the Lord, you and I needed help living down here. Is that right? Living for him, finding his will, accomplishing his plan for our life. And he he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us with this. The, The biggest need in the believer's life is to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and yield. Did you hear that word? Yield, cooperate with, act. On the promptings and urgings of the Holy Spirit, listen to Him, follow Him. That's the biggest need of every believer on the planet. Now you do this by faith. It takes faith to follow somebody you can't see. Right? And you can't touch and you can't hear with your outer ear. And yet, the more you do it, He can become... Uh, as real and more real to you than any human person that you know. And he'll commune with you day and night. And oh man, he'll lead you to the right place at the right time, give you the right thing to say, right thing to do. And when you learn how to work with him, you got it made. I'm telling you, for the rest of your life, when you learn how to work with him, you got it. He said in 1 Corinthians 12, and 1 Corinthians 12, much of this chapter, well, it's about two main things. It's about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. Not just the manifestation, but the body of Christ, which is where the manifestations occur. And in summarizing in verse 29, well, verse, excuse me, verse 28 God set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Now, very important here to note, he's talking about ministry. Everybody say ministry. Ministry. This is ministry, not laity. Ministry. And then he says, are all apostles. What's the answer to that? No, No, not everybody's an apostle. Are all prophets? No, No, not everybody's a prophet. Are all teachers? Now, you could endeavor to teach somebody something you learned and knew, but that doesn't mean you got a call on your life and an anointing to be a teacher to the body. Right? That's what he's talking about. But now there's a reason why I say that. Even though you're not an anointed teacher... Could you teach somebody something? Yeah, you can. And you should. So there is a teaching that's not an anointed teacher. And so it's right when he says, are all teachers? The answer is no. Not everybody's a teacher. But you'd be wrong to jump to the conclusion to say, well, uh, nobody can teach except the anointed teacher. Are all workers of miracles? What's the answer to that? Now he's talking about the the ministry gift. And you'll particularly see this ministry gift in the office of the evangelist. Hmm? There's supposed to be signs and wonders and miracles and healings. 
And you'll, you'll, you won't see the, the word evangelist in here, but you'll see them there. Workers of miracles. But now let's just stop. What's the answer to that question? Are all workers of miracles? No. No. But does that mean that evangelists are the only ones that can have miracles? No. No. Any believer can get a miracle. Is that right? All things are possible to him or her that believes. Can you see how we need to differentiate this? You got to look at the context to see what what, what the Holy Spirit is talking about. Verse 30. Have all the gifts of healings. This is talking about ministry. There are ministries that emphasize healing. There are special anointings to minister to healing. Does everybody have that? No. But does that mean that these people that are specially anointed are the only ones that can have healings? No. Can any believer believe for a healing? And can any believer lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover? Yes. Yes. Now look at the very next one. Do all speak with tongues? See, this is the same thing. And, and don't separate it from the next phrase. Do all what? Interpret. Interpret. What is this? There is a ministry of tongues and interpretation. Can you see this child of God? Do all have the ministry of tongues and interpretation? No. But does that mean that these folks are the only ones that can speak in tongues? No. Because uh, later on in the 14th chapter, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all, and I would that you all spoke with tongues. Well, he just contradicted himself. Right? If not everybody can. Can you see this child of God? The reason I take time to do this because I've heard some people say, well, the Bible says, do I speak with tongues? So that means not everybody does. Well, no, he's talking about ministry gifts. Ministry gifts. And the truth remains that every believer, somebody say every believer, every believer, who has received Jesus and been born again, should receive and yield to the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not only within them, but upon them, and yield their tongues, yield their tongues to the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. This is for every believer. I'm trying to help somebody. Somebody say every believer. Every. This is for every believer. I'm just getting started. There are plenty more scriptures where these came from. This is for every believer. If you, if you don't speak in tongues, don't get annoyed with me. Be excited that you can. Huh? And if you struggled and prayed and had people prayed for you and laid hands on you, join the club. I did it for years. And did not receive. But I found out it wasn't because it wasn't for me. Or because it was just for a few special people. It was because I was trying to make the Holy Spirit speak in tongues. I was trying to make the Holy Spirit receive the Holy Spirit. 
Now you're laughing, but that's what I was doing. I tarried, I don't know how many hours, in the altar at the end of services, pleading with the Lord to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And there were times the anointing was so strong on me, I knew his presence, I knew he was there. There was one night in our little church, the men would come up and pray on one side, and the women would come up and pray on the other side. And it's a good thing to come pray and wait on the Lord. But you need to have some faith to receive somewhere too. And the, the men did everything they knew to help me. They'd, they'd beat me on the back, slap me on the back and say, don't give up, brother, and hold on. And sometimes they'd say, turn loose. And I wasn't sure which one I was doing. And, <laughs> and it's sometimes, like I said, they'd have a thought and a word, you know, maybe, brother, if you'd shave that mustache off, you know. So I thought, hey, it's gone. I shaved it off, but it didn't do any good. And, and, and thing after thing. But one night, uh, I just, I'm pressing in for everything I knew. And I, I'm not, I'm not mocking anybody. These guys love me and they're trying to help me everything they knew. There's just a lot we didn't know. And there's still a lot we don't know. And so, I'm pressing in. Man, the Spirit of God, the anointing, the presence of God got so strong. I'm just draped over the altar. I felt like I couldn't even raise my head. And then I heard kaplump. Kaplump, 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 kaplump. I turned my head and all the men around me were fell, had fallen out under the power and just laying there in the presence of God. And looking back now, it's just, it's almost ridiculous, but it is ridiculous. But I'm still laying there going, oh God, give me the Holy Ghost. Oh God, I want the Holy Ghost. Give me the Holy Ghost. And he's going, Hello, I'm here, here I am, can you not tell that I'm here, hey, I didn't know how to receive, I didn't know how to yield, everybody say receive, and yield, you must act. On the promptings of the Holy Spirit. He won't force you. He won't make you. You have to act. Only years later. Sad to say. Years later. I got a hold of a little book by Brother Kenneth Hagin. And I believe it was Seven Steps to Receiving the Holy Spirit. And I read it and. He talked about by faith. You just believe you receive. And then you speak by faith. And I'm beginning to see, well, there's something I've got to do. And I finally, I read it and I got stirred up. And then I thought, no, no. You know, we're we're really experience oriented. And I thought, well, you know, ain't sister so-and-so, when she got filled, she saw a bright light. And rolled up under the pew. And talked in tongues. Brother so and so. I mean he, he half climbed the wall. When he got filled. And I'm thinking you know I've read this book. And I, I don't feel a thing. It didn't say. Uh, they were all filled and they felt something. I'm not saying they didn't. But you got to watch about emphasizing the wrong thing. 
It's not about feelings. Now you yield enough, you'll have some feelings. But don't focus on the feelings. Focus on the receiving and the yielding. Amen. And so I, uh, I thought, and I know this came from the Holy Spirit. I'm born again. He's in me. And the thought came to me, well, you've tried everything else. Why not do this? Boy, I thought that's true. All the stuff I've done with no success. The reason I'm saying this, could I have concluded and agreed with people who said not everybody receives the gift of tongues? This is not for everyone. And to try to emphasize that I have received, but I didn't get the gift. That's not for everybody. I could have done that like so many have, but they're wrong. I'm not not trying to take anything away. If you yielded to the Holy Spirit, that's commendable. But if you didn't speak in tongues, you didn't go far enough. You need to yield some more. And you need to yield the steering wheel of your life. (laughs) Your tongue. (laughs) Do you know why I say that? James 3 talks about this, doesn't it? Compares the the tongue to the rudder on a ship. That's like the steering wheel. Compares the tongue to a a bit and bridle in a horse's mouth. Well, that, that controls the head and controls the horse. Everything you see and experience and know anything about was created with words. And James says, if a person doesn't miss it in what they say, they are a perfect individual, fully developed individual, and able to control their whole body and their whole being. If you get a hold of your tongue and your words. Didn't Proverbs say, life and death is in the power of the tongue? Well, how can the Lord have uh, full uh, access to your life and he hasn't got your tongue. And so it shouldn't be shocking to us that the first thing that happens when you fully yield to the Spirit is he gets access to your tongue. Can you see that, child of God? That's the first thing that happens. He gets access to your tongue. Not because he took it, but because you yielded it. You yielded your tongue to him. And to, another definition of yield would be to act on the promptings and urgings of the Holy Spirit. And finally, that day, after years of tearing, praying, seeking, begging, Shaving, <laughs> every other thing. I read that little book, and Brother Hagin said, just believe that you receive the Holy Spirit and say, thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit, and by faith, speak. And I saw, I have to do something. I can't just say, what I'm waiting on, I've been waiting on the Holy Ghost to make me speak in tongues for years, and it's not happening. 
And yet I don't want, I'm not going to make up something. I'm not going to put on something. Uh, that's okay you don't, to think that way, except put it back up, Acts 2 4. Acts 2 4. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Who was filled? They. And begin. Uh, who began? They began to speak with other tongues. Who got filled? They did. The people did. Who did the speaking? They did. As the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit didn't do the speaking. The Spirit gave them utterance to speak. And that's, that's finally what dawned on me. After years of struggle, I realized the Holy Spirit doesn't do the speaking. I do the speaking. That means I got to use my tongue. I got to use my vocal cords. I got to force air and speak just like when I'm speaking in my known tongue, except the utterance is not coming out of my mind. It's coming out of my spirit where the Holy Spirit is. The fact that I'm speaking, physically speaking, is not supernatural. Y'all with me or not? Yes. See, this is, this is where I missed it. Because I wanted the Holy Spirit to just take me over and just speak through me like I was a speaker on the radio. And then me go, wow, did you hear that? <laughs> like I had no real part in it. <laughs> Look in 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 15, 14-15. Now, if you want to learn more about this, this is your chapter. Chapter 14, a bunch of this chapter is devoted to this subject. Read this chapter, read it again, read it again, read it again, if you've got questions about speaking in tongues. He said, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Now I won't take time to do it, but you can you can easily verify that when he's talking about praying with the Spirit, he's talking about praying in tongues. And it's that should be obvious because he contrasts it with praying with your understanding. And he had already said earlier in the chapter, uh, if you pray in the Spirit, your, your understanding is unfruitful. You don't understand what you're saying when you're speaking in another tongue. But he goes on to talk about the benefits of it, and perhaps we'll get there, maybe not tonight. But uh, notice these two words. What is it then? Say these next two words with me. I will. Who will? I will. I will pray with the Spirit. That's with other tongues. And I will pray with the understanding also. 
Can you, can you say, I'm going to uh, get off my chair right here and kneel down and I'm going to pray with my understanding. Can you initiate that yes. without a, some kind of special impulse from the Holy Spirit? That's right. yes. He said you can do the same thing, praying in tongues, right. praying with your spirit. And you can sing that way too. You can sing in the spirit in other tongues or you can sing uh, with your own understanding. I will. I will. I know some years after I uh, yielded and was speaking in tongues, I was talking to a Pentecostal relative of mine. And and something came up about me speaking in tongues and when I did and how much I did. And they said, well, now, hold on. They said, "Uh, you think you can just speak in tongues anytime you want to? And... uh, I had learned from making some mistakes in previous years not to just say, yeah. (laughs) But to make it not about what you think versus what I think, but to make it about the Word. And so I I was able to tell them this. Well, the Scripture said, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. How many think that should be above anything I think or you think? Right? This should be the answer. I will pray with the Spirit. I will sing with the Spirit. I will. I said, you know, the same language is used for both. And uh, she looked at me, this, this lady, and said, no, 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 no. You can't just turn the Holy Ghost off and on when you want to. And without thinking, it just came up out of my spirit. Guess from where? I believe it was the Holy Spirit. I said... Yeah, he's never off. He's always on. <laughs> I didn't think that up. It just came right up out of my spirit. And I, when I said it, I thought, that's good. I'm going I'm to write that down, make sure I don't forget that. Why? Is it true? He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He doesn't need to nap. Huh? He doesn't need downtime. Off time. He's always there. And he's always on. He's always available. And any time you'll start yielding to him, he'll start giving you utterance. Not a matter of turning him off and on. He's always on. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? And so on that uh, on that day I got a hold of Brother Hagin's book. I uh, I sat there in our little apartment and I thought, man, could it be that easy? And and here you get into some of your some of your own pride stuff too, because if it's really that easy. I have done a lot of dumb stuff (laughs) for no reason. I have gone through so many gyrations and stuff that if this is true, I could have received years ago. I could have been speaking in tongues all this time if this is true. 
And then I thought, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and thank God the Spirit of God within me. You've tried everything else. I thought, well, boy, that's true. Okay, all right, all right. Nobody was around. And sometimes you need to do things like this by yourself so that you're not conscious of anybody else listening to you, watching you. You you, you don't need that element sometimes. Sometimes. But uh, I, I stopped and put the little book down. I said, Father, thank you for saving me. I'm acting on what he said in the book. Thank you for saving me. I do confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And you said, if we would ask you for the Holy Spirit, you would give him to us. I know he's in me. But I'm, I'm asking for what you talked about. This endowment of power from on high. I'm, I'm asking for the, this anointing and power to be a witness and utterance. To speak in an unknown tongue. I I believe I receive right now in Jesus' name. And, and I'm asking you, give me utterance right now to speak. And I realize now i got to speak. I have to speak. I have to use my tongue, my vocal cords. I have to force it out there. So I said, prolificandi benia selo pori benigias. And then I said, no, 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 no. That... That can't be right because I, I don't even feel that much. And, and then I read the next page and, he's, and he basically talked about, you're not qualified to know what a tongue sounds like or not. It, the Bible talks about tongues of men and of angels. There are, there are languages in the earth that if you heard them, you would think for sure that's not a language. And it is. There's some languages that are mostly clicks. And, and even some whistles. And there, there's some really right. unusual stuff. And they're communicating, but it doesn't sound like a language to you. Right. What about all the angelic languages? Yeah. We have no, right. no clue. No yeah. clue. So you need to get it out of your mind that you're going to analyze what it sounds like and see if you think it's a tongue or not. This whole thing is by faith. And so I got stirred up. And I did it again, and I prayed longer that time, then I prayed longer the next time, and I'm still praying today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the more you yield, the stronger the flow gets. Hallelujah. And the more you yield, the stronger the flow gets. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. I got to point one. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise God. How many think in light of that, everybody here, everybody in Branson, everybody online should be 